Third wheel. Third wheel. Welcome to the third wheel. With me, me, and you. You say cilantro. Is were you? You were born and you. Uh, Where were you? Okay. No, (laughs) coriander. Sorry, (laughs) I was born here. I lived in Brook, the states for nine years, Brooklyn for eight, and Tucson, Arizona for one. But I think it's really just a product of living with Finn because. you say cilantro, so now I say cilantro. Wasa, just like when you're dealing with Mexican cooking. Oh, and, yeah. And and people are saying cilantro. Like yeah, true. That's the word that's being used over there. You know, like yes. coriander to me just feels like. Yeah, that's true. If know. you're reading the recipe, yeah, yeah. it's weird yeah. to look at the recipe, read cilantro, and then be like, "Do we have any coriander?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Finn, what part of the states are you from? I'm from West Virginia, oh, okay, um, yep. which is nowhere. It's in the middle of the uh, eastern seaboard, um, but inland in the mountains. And uh, yeah, yeah, small town I'm from the coal fields originally uh, from a place called Madison, which is, um, uh, have you ever heard of the, the, the Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia? It's a... It's a, it's a documentary that's out there that's just basically crazy rednecks, you know, doing drugs and uh, hurting each other. And wow. uh, that's where I'm from originally. <laughs> but uh, we moved to, uh, my mom is from a place called Lewisburg, uh, West Virginia. We moved over there when I was like five. And okay. that's where I grew up. And that's a, yeah, just a beautiful little town um, okay. in the mountains. Incredible. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, I want to say that's, like, such a long way to come, but at the same time, like, beautiful place in the mountains. Like, yeah, a yeah, beautiful like. tiny <laughs> town in the mountains is, d- describes, like, you know, yeah, 80% of the towns in New Zealand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and you're here as lips in a, in a way. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, we're, I mean, we're not only going to talk about you as lips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Steph, I'm going to ask this to you. How long has Lips been a band for? Um, Lips started out as just me uh, Mm. in 2010. Um, I was living in Brooklyn and had written a bunch of songs that didn't really fit for my other band. And my roommate at the time... Dan Ward, who is from here and plays in a band called Draw, was like, you should just sing them yourself. And that was the birth of Lips. And then uh, a couple years later I met Finn and he joined the band and we've been working together ever since. And then two years ago it expanded to a four-piece. So it's now um, us and Maud Morris and Ruby Walsh and... I feel like that's, yeah. That's it was like just in time for quarantine. It, <laughs> yeah. We, we put together a dope band and then didn't play. Oh, uh, frustrating. It's, it's been happening. Yeah, I feel um, like we officially relaunched the end of last year. And, um, okay, yeah. and we've been playing ever since. It's been so much fun. That's incredible. Yeah. Were you, I'm just trying to think about, um, 
how you sort of like rekindled and got the other two players on board and you were saying right before quarantine. <laughs> mm. um, so were you writing at that stage? Yeah, kind of what happened was the when when Finn and I started playing together, we released a couple of EPs and then we kind of got sidetracked. Like um, a friend of ours wrote this play and was like, do you guys want to come do the music for it? Mm. It's over in New Zealand. And we were like, yeah, sure. It was like a two-week thing. And then that just – that was like super successful and went for three years and like toured all around the world. And then it became a feature film that we also did the music for. And that was another two years. And so it's not that we didn't do lip stuff during that time, but we didn't really do lip stuff during that mm. time. Like we put out a couple songs, but – just we were just doing all this other and we we were you know writing creative and, stuff writing and recording but it was in like hotel rooms basically yeah it was just wherever we could do it and and so it wasn't really until quarantine where we were like ah let's finish this record mm. and we have some time and um we'd started playing with Ruby and Maud and that was awesome and we'd released a song that we really liked and it just kind of came back to the forefront, you know, mm. and mm. Uh, this, it was really fun. It was fun to make. The record was really fun to finish. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but the movie thing. <laughs> it, it, the movie thing. like, <laughs> Well, it, just, it's just, it was a whole thing. It was a whole it, thing, it, the a, whole you know, movie thing. It was a musical. So like it. Should we call the movie what it is? Sure. <laughs> it's, it's called. It's called. I can't. It's, no, it's, uh, it was, no, it's called Daffodils, mm. and that's the, the play was called that as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was a musical that was like kind of a jukebox musical of like New Zealand classic rock sort of. And we mm. got to write a few songs for it too. But um, we, uh, you know, it's a musical, and we were the musical directors for both the play and the movie, and mm. and you know, so. I think when you do the music for a movie, normally you come in at the very end and just like fill it in, but we had to be involved all the way, you know, from mm. pre-production to through production, through post-production. Like mm. we, I think we worked on it longer than pretty much anybody on, you know, mm. uh, on the production. So yeah, it was a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, um, what I was going to say though, was that we, uh, I think doing that also sort of switched our brains a little bit in terms of writing and conceptualizing production and stuff, that it just became more about story, mm. and um, you know, to the point where we were we would be thinking out kind of scenarios that um, you know to go with the song, um, yeah. and a lot of times writing the song, you know, based on scenarios. Even um, yeah, yeah, the songs on the rec on the new record, we basically like thought of like a short film or a scene for each one and then made decisions, production decisions and sound design, design decisions based off of that scene. Mm. So it would be like, um, you know, like on the song Not Today, for example, um, that was written to a screenplay. So it was originally inspired by a screenplay where the protagonist is this teenage girl who's you know, lost her mom and she's feeling kind of grey in the world and um, 
And so we were like, all right, how do we, how do we make some, like, what's the story that we're telling? And we're, you know, throwing ideas around, like, maybe she's, like, leaving school and she's with her friend and her friend is playing some music on her phone because that's what kids do. And then so we're like, all right, so we recorded a little snippet of a, like, we made a little. Made a fake pop song. <laughs> fake pop song. <laughs> Played it on our iPhones and, like, Finn set up a mic and you just walked around the room playing this thing. And then that. To get just the sound of just a, you know, a, yeah. Yeah, a song playing on a phone. And then that's in the, in the intro of the song, but it also, like, is the underscore for the whole of the ver first verse. Mm. So you probably don't really notice it. Yeah. And it's not that, you know, and we went, integral we, to the song, but we, hopefully you get, like, the vibe of. Um, you know, of the character. Of, yeah. And then we got some yeah. sound of like some kids just kind of walking around too, you know, so it's like, and all that together. It's it's funny thinking about it. it it's, I guess when you listen to the recording, you might think, why is this happening? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, that was that was wise because we, we, we wanted it to be kind of about... Telling the story. These characters, mm. even if the song isn't explicitly like, you know, Here's yeah. a character and here's what's happening to her, you know, like Yeah. So the so these like stories that you're trying to tell, are, were they existing stories or or ones that you came sometimes. up with and so, yeah, sometimes our friend uh Ro, who wrote Daffodils, oh yeah, um is always writing other stuff. He always has screenplays and plays happening and so um a bunch of these songs were from an unproduced screenplay. Um, that for a minute we were thinking might actually be, yeah, might actually happen. I mean, it still might. I don't know, but it's so get brilliant. caught up in a whole film thing again. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Well, well, we read the screenplay and we're just like, we want to do the music for this because it's mm. so good. Mm. And Ro had written song like it's not a musical, but there are like song moments, and so we were like, let's write the music already and we'll pitch for it, and it, like just way too. Early. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, we also have we have a thing with Ro too, where we've worked together a bunch, and where it'll be like, okay, here's a scene, go write a song for that scene, and we'll do it, and then we'll send it back to Ro, and they'll be like, uh, oh, I actually tweaked the scene based on that song because this lyric kind of mm. meant this, and the way that that felt maybe maybe made me think that I had to bring, you know, this other element in, and. So now the scene has been rewritten on the song and then, you know, and then, oh, also, could you maybe get more of this and like the bridge, more of this emotion, you know? And so we'll go, okay, we'll do that. And we'll go back and forth a couple of times. And so the stuff all comes together Wow. Um, as opposed to just like, go score this scene, you know, like it, it uh, like, I think music is very, very important to row mm -hmm. um, when writing. And, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. And so it's a really interesting yeah, when you do a podcast process. on creative trios, to <laughs> 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 yeah. get Ro in here because yeah. they're oh man, yeah, That's so fun. We're working on a TV series at the moment, and like always, got ideas on the go with Ro because it's just so inspiring. I think yeah. for all of us, sounds like you're a real collaborative team. Mm -hmm. like the, those ideas really get bounced around. Totally. It sounds incredible. Yeah. We just Pretty need fun. people to give us money to make things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, story of creativity. Ain't it though, the right? way. Like, yeah. Ain't it the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we are, we are kind of like 
fuck it, we'll do it ourselves. And then you, and then it's well, okay, we're not finding the time to, <laughs> to not make money to make this thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you find a, a different experience being musicians, being creatives in the states compared to in New Zealand? Ooh, good question. Yeah. Go on. Funding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about um, funding for the arts, um, um, let alone music. It exists yeah. uh, in New Zealand. Here, it does not, not exist in the States. Right, right, yes. Um, yeah. There's definitely a, a, a yeah, a big, uh, there's an element in the States of just like, what are you doing? Some weird music thing. All right, good luck, asshole. Whatever. You know, there, it's it's sort of like you're you're very much out on your own, mm. um, scrapping for sure. And there's not like a whole lot of um, there's not a big, you know, uh, definitely no government support. But um, yeah, uh, which in a way is incredible considering, like, I, I think at least from like uh, uh, the way it's perceived. Culture is probably the state's biggest export. Sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. So it's interesting that at like a at a micro level, people don't give a shit. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't know that it's the thing. What I mean with micro level is like not on like big industry level because there's obviously a lot of money in the music industry. Sure. In the states, just not for in, indiv- individuals who are sort of like. Trying to do, and then obviously at like a, at a state or a government level, yeah, as well. Yeah, sorry, I was interrupting you. No, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, not not at all. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, well, that's so that's part of it anyway. Mm. Um, mm. But then also, it's just so much bigger. Mm. Um, so you can, you, it, I mean, being over here, it's you sort of already you know everybody, and it's really easy to get to know everybody. In the states, mm. it is infinite. You know, mm. it, it, mm. it's really like five or six countries that are one country, you know, so um, unless you're like, you know, I'm deep in the, you know, Milwaukee scene and that's the only thing I ever do, you know, like if you're- Hyperlocal. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're like totally doing that, if you're trying to exist nationally or or internationally, even Mm. it's, um, it's, you're definitely a drop in the bucket over there, you know? Yeah. And what kind of- yeah, I guess this piques my interest in what kind of music you were making over there and what kind of music you, you were doing, Finn. Uh, I I was doing a lot of stuff, a lot of different things. Because mm. um, I, I, I produced and, um, you know, worked on records in a, like, a technical capacity as well. Like I would mix and record and stuff like that and mm-hmm. then oftentimes end up getting involved musically with things there. Mm. So I'd lived in Tucson for a long time, and so I I, I was kind of messing around with a lot of the sort of almost countryish indie, uh, f- slightly folky stuff over there. And then um, when I lived in New York, there was uh, I was you know playing with a lot of different singer songwriters, and mm. um, uh, but then punk rock as mm. well, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, and then Steph and I uh, were playing with um, Diva Mahal, um, who's back in New Zealand now, um, doing kind of an uh, like a soul R and B thing um, mm-hmm. as well. Um, played some jazz, it's, it's all so over the everything. place. Yeah, everything. Totally. Yeah. But it sounds like you never really 
like dove deep into like getting into the hyper local scene yourself you were yeah I think I was I was always in groups that would tour around and, yeah and stuff I, I, yeah I don't I mean I guess in Tucson you can kind of it's not that close to anything else. Mm. It's you know, it's 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 close enough to Phoenix, Arizona. Mm. Yeah, um, but nobody wants to go to Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely in New York. It, it you know, I mean, New York is a whole other thing. Anyway, it's. I mean, I guess you can be hyper local in New York, but what is that? A neighborhood, you know, like it's mm. it's so expansive, and there's so many people there. It's Mm, so many like bands. It, it's almost like its own country of uh, mm. of, of artists, you know. Um, and did you find that you had um, sort of like a significant amount of support to sort of just like keep you going in that sort of? I just hustled. Yeah, I just I just hustled. I did a mm. lot of stuff. Did mm. you know whatever? A lot of gigs. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of sessions, you know, playing drums on a random thing. I'm on a lot of recordings that I don't remember, you know, <laughs> I, like totally. Um, yeah. And so Steph, Steph was kind of doing the same thing, just in New York, just hustling from gig to gig to gig, you know. Mm. And we would be doing things, you know, every night of the week, mm-hmm. and during the day, you know, recording sessions during the day, gigs at night, kind of. Um, yeah, they have um thing. Craigslist over there where it's, I don't know, how would you describe it? Oh, man. Well, it's Craigslist. It's, it's trade me, but it's also, oh, yeah. but it's not trade me because uh-huh. it's not, it's not official. Like you can, yeah. you can list that you have something for sale and then show up to somebody's apartment. And I feel like we had something similar it's free. in New Zealand You don't for a pay while. for it. Yeah. yeah. And you often also, people are come and ask for like services or, exactly. or offer their services. And, and so there's like, like the yeah. musician's Craigslist, mm. you know, thing where you could, you can definitely, I mean, I know when I first moved to New York, it was like, well, I don't know what else to do. So I'm going to go on Craigslist and look for a gig. Yeah. And there's always people being like, I need a keyboard player for this or I need a drummer for this. And it's like. And you meet maniacs. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, man, <laughs> the craziest, weirdest gigs. But then you slowly start to meet people because it's all you can do, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I met, I met, um, I got a friend, Johanna Samuels, who just put out a record and she's in LA now, but I met her through Craigslist. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was in a band called Jumpers that I found through uh, Craigslist as well. Um, but that's, you know, 1% of, uh, mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of a lot of, weird garbage you know or thing or you showed up to sort of audition to some for something and they'd be like you got the gig and you'd be like i don't actually want the gig not that i I showed up to this thing yeah yeah um and did you find that in that sort of what sounds like a bit of a whirlwind of just sort of like yeah that that hustle that you found it difficult to then really also invest in your own creativity and your own music as well or did you find that it sort of fed into that I think it it was so time is more limited because I think you have to work three jobs to make rent in New York but then motivation is so high because everybody's hustling and so it's all around you that feeling of like I've just got to 
got to do it, got to do it, got to do it. Mm. Any second that I have that I'm awake, I'm working on my thing mm. when I'm not working totally. for money. Mm. And um, that energy is um, it's quite amazing. Like, mm. it, like you can, like it does produce pretty cool stuff. Mm. Um, whereas here, <laughs> I think I've given to the like, <laughs> oh, that person hasn't written me back. I don't know. Maybe I'll chase them. Whereas yeah. in New York, it's like you write an email and it comes back straight away. <laughs> mm. Like, no, I can't do it. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> or, like, it's, or it's never going to come back, but it's not because they they, yeah. they just forgot or whatever. You no. Know, it's, it's, it's like, nope, it's, yeah. that's a no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder if that's also like a cultural thing generally as well, that like in yeah. New Zealand sometimes people just like, take a while to get back to you or like it's you know i i do it's that could be difficult <laughs> with my brain in new zealand sometimes yeah. uh yeah. yeah uh which i know i'm i'm wrong because i'm like you know the 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 stranger in the country but sometimes <laughs> i'm like you just get your fucking shit together and like <laughs> yeah and, and well, I'm t- like, I'm trying to give you money. Will you invoice me or whatever it is? <laughs> yeah, you know? like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or just an acknowledgement or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when you came back to New Zealand, ha- has it been sort of like on and off in New Zealand or did you come back to New Zealand for daffodils and then kind of like stay? It, yeah. was, it was on and off for a few years during the play because mm. the play would be – have a two-month stint so we'd come back here and then go back and it was we did that maybe four or five times mm-hmm. and then the film was like that was going to be a two-year thing so we moved back officially for that but also I was pregnant so um we had our son and then the film started and so it kind of tied in you know it was yeah. good timing for us and just- in New York we were very much living hand to mouth and also in like an illegal apartment that could go away at any second. And like, I don't know, if you're in New York, sometimes you just have to be in New York and really on that on that grind kind of. And going back and forth a bunch, it always felt like, oh, you got to get your momentum back up and, mm. and everything. So, yeah. so when we were going to have the kid, it was like, well, I don't know about living in this weird illegal apartment that might go away. Mm. Uh and going back and forth to New Zealand. Yeah. Well, and New Zealand's a nice place to raise a kid, you know. Yeah. yeah, and we also we would never have had the opportunity to make a feature film for sure. In New York on you know at the with, at with the level no, that it was no going experience. to be happening yeah. here, you know. So yeah. it was like, "Ugh, let's jump on that. This is amazing." And it was. It was incredible to work on. Mm. And then we just stayed. Yeah. yeah, and when we had the baby, they, 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 uh, oh, what do you call the thing that you go to? The, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, no, the, how, how, how they, how they put you up in a hotel and teach you how to be a mother for a couple of days? Oh, like, <laughs> I'm not exactly. You're talking about birth care. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. That's the first time I've heard birth care being <laughs> described that way. That's basically what it is, though. It's you, it's it's like parenting camp for uh, yeah. for for a couple of days. We went to the one in Walkworth, yeah. and it was shout out. That's where I'm from. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> so that was amazing. It was so amazing. Yeah. And that's the kind of shit that just in America, like I mean, if you're a, if you're you know 
extremely wealthy, sure. Yeah. But I mean, here that's just you can just kind of do that. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's really nice. That's the kind of support that I'm talking about. That, mm, that, so that, lovely. You mm. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, why were we talking about birth care? Um, just it was part of the reason we moved back. Oh yes, because of yeah. the access. Yeah. 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 Um. And so since being back, I mean, obviously you've found a, a little bit more stability, I assume, because <laughs> that's what you're looking for coming back to New Zealand, yes. right? Yeah. Um, so I don't know, are you doing music full time or what's what's your sort of um, jam yeah. at the moment? Um, I'll, I edit some audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, on the side, um, mm-hmm. and that is that's money, and mm-hmm. like you know, little. Um, I guess the rest of it is pretty much music, isn't yep. it? It's in mm. uh, some. We've done some production, like produced albums for people, and then mm-hmm. um, you know, session work. Mm. I play keyboards, and Finn plays everything, and mm. so you know, gig for hire, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been really nice. I s- still have people from the states sometimes that 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 are like, well, you play, you know, play drums on a thing, and now you since the, the you know with the advent of the internet, you can mm. do that <laughs> from New Zealand. And mm. Mm. I feel like um, that's pretty like heartening for a lot of, I think especially young musicians to hear that you can have most of your focus on music in your life. Um, and have a stable life with children if you choose to have them, like that that's still an option for you because I'd mm. say that most of the musicians in my life are like, I'm probably going to be working hospo forever and I'm never going to be able to afford a house and I'm never going to have children and I'm going to hustle forever. I mean, honestly, <laughs> this, this audiobook gig that I found yeah. is... Yeah, is, is the reason we, we can do that. Yes, mm. it's the perfect gig for what we're you know what our lives are Mm. um because i could do it on tour if we were on tour Mm -hmm. but i can do it from home can pretty much make my own hours it's just that when there's a deadline coming up i have to just like kick a bunch of ass and then be done with it you know but yeah i don't have to go anywhere to do it yeah um you can do it with just a laptop so I would say to younger musicians, try and find a job like that. Yeah. I, I, I think you do need a side hustle. Yeah. I don't think it is possible. I mean, maybe if you're doing really well, but um, it's just not, it's not, a, it's not steady. Mm. And that's what um, is so, so difficult. Mm. But um, yeah, no, that's just our experience. Yeah. But. Yeah. I still, I still feel like it's somewhat happening because some people, some people do want steady at some point in their lives. <laughs> some yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And yeah. I did, I did run into this gig through music as well mm. too. I just a, the producer was in this this queer Jewish punk band. Incredible! <laughs> I'm, I'm already on board. Yeah, uh, called the Shondas. Um, yeah. uh, who I was playing, who I'd met. Um, playing with them on some bill at some point in my life, I don't know. And um, I their drummer left, and they needed a drummer for a tour. So mm. 
I did that tour. And then while we were touring in the van, it was like, hey, I do this other thing, you know, audiobooks. I was like, I could probably do that, right? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You want a bunch of work? Changed you know? our life. Yeah, totally. Oh Thank you, totally. Louisa. Yeah, Louisa yeah, Solomon. Shout out. Thank you kindly. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Um, so how do you feel that, I guess, the significant changes in your, like, lifestyle and life generally have changed because you talked about how like obviously the your involvement in the film industry changed the way that your music sounds what about the way that your lives have changed how do you think that's changed the way your music is mm. urgency sounds. yeah with the, with the kids mm. just urgency like we if we're if we have a few hours without kids we like we don't sit around drinking tea like mm. we <laughs> or whatever, mm. like we we're definitely getting something done or trying to get something mm. done in a way that we would have um you know whatever you just really learn to appreciate how much time you used to have mm. <laughs> and so yeah. now any time that you can carve out for yourself you really like mm. or we we tend to really go hard i mm. think mm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I cry a lot more <laughs> since having the kids. Like, I there's a, like, a, I don't know. You mean not out of stress, but, like, out of out of just being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the kids. No, yeah, like, there's just suddenly, I don't know. I think I've always been pretty overly sensitive, but there's now this, like, deep well of, emotion that I can tap into for my songwriting yeah where like it was dry <laughs> <laughs> I don't know no that has just come from being a mum. yeah I think yeah um and I've definitely used that mm -hmm. writing for this album even I would mm -hmm. say yep yeah the just the the empathy for what kids are kind yeah. of. Yeah, um, and just the huge responsibility now of being the person for those two children, mm -hmm. you know, the people for those two children, like, mm. and what, yeah, just how that, don't take that lightly, you know. Though the four-year-old did tell me yesterday that he wanted to take care of himself from Noah. <laughs> He does regularly tell me he wants to move into a different house where we don't live. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? I actually, I actually had to bring it down to legality. I was like, listen, man, like by law, I have to take care of you, all right? Like I'll go to jail if I don't take care of you. So yeah. listen, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I think it's more to do with his, he, his little brother. They're going through a, you know, he doesn't like having to share. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, and this is a bit of a personal question, but did you always, like, want to have kids? Like, was that? <laughs> I mean, you love your children deeply. And, like, let's just put that on the record in case they ever listen to this. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you should say this. Just because, because I'm thinking of, like, New York illegal apartment mm -hmm. on the hustle and then, like, it, it's such a 
it's such a dramatic shift. But I mean, like for a lot, for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, well, of course, this is what I always wanted. Um, and you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say yes for me, no for Finn. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when we met, actually, when we got together, it was like literally, I think, one of the first things. Um, I said was, you know, I want kids. I've always wanted kids. Incredible. You came in very strong on that first. I don't know if it was a date or what it was. but <laughs> Yeah. Well, because, it, you know, I don't think I meant to. I think it, I, I was nervous and I just blurted it out. Um, well, I think we, we had talked bef- because before we got together, we were just, we were playing music together. Yeah. Before we got together romantically. And I think I had probably said at one point. You had. I, yeah. You were like, I don't want kids. I never want kids. But I also come from a pretty fucked up uh, family situation mm. as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just like, uh, well, I'm, I, this, this should probably end with mm. me. Like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, I don't Mm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much, how, you know, and plus also there's just a lot of people. There's too many people in the world, mm. you know, yeah. and um, all of that together. I was, th- I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll maybe not. Uh, yeah. And I can see how that. like it would be hard to imagine that for yourself as well in the situation that you were in. As definitely. Well. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Steph, you know, brought me around mm-hmm. on it and I was, crazy about her too Mm. and uh just the idea of you know uh not being with Steph just because I um you know didn't want to have kids was like kind of unacceptable to me um oh (laughs) dude well you know I don't know know what to tell you I'm Uh, allowed to think that that's cute yeah that's fine that's fine (laughs) totally it's fucking fine totally (laughs) (laughs) um and I was like, well, and you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a part of the human experience, right? Mm. Like it's a thing that, that, that we're like programmed to do mm. and maybe I'm wrong, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, all right. Well, other people don't have children where there's other people making Listen, up for it. And so. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> I'm, I'm so down too. Like, I, I mean, anybody who does, I, I'm not one of these people who is like, well, that's what I thought. And now I have kids. Now I think everybody should have kids. Yeah. Please have a child. You know, like I, I don't, I, I'm like, dude, fucking great. Fantastic. Like enjoy yeah. your life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Finn yeah. is a very, very good dad. He's a very, he's a fantastic dad. Yeah. Mm. I'm curious. Thanks. I'm curious how you met. Do you remember the first time you met before yes. you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you answered first. Steph. You get to you get to take the lead on the story. Um, if you book a gig in in New York, it's not like here. So you you write to the the club or whatever, and and you're like, I want to do a gig, and they'll just put you on a bill with. Whichever other bands have emailed four them. other whatevers, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so which is kind of cool in a way because you meet different bands and, um, and so, um, that's how we met. So my band was billed on the same bill as Finn's band, and it was the first show you played in, yeah, like the day you moved to New York, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I was on tour with, um, another band that I was in. 
uh, with uh, one other person, Courtney Robbins, and we were we had driven from Tucson to New York because I was moving there, um, and so we had been playing for like three months. And then this was like, all right, we're arriving in New York, and now I'll, we'll play this show, and I think maybe one other. And then that was like the end of uh, me living in Tucson. And so, yeah, and I met Steph on the first um, first one of us. Yeah, and um, Finn was playing drums and singing and triggering samples, and it was just like, oh, man, like that's so much stuff that you're covering, like, and I at the time I was playing bass and two keyboards and singing and I was like, okay, I mean we can do this as a duo, and that's cheaper. <laughs> 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 and uh, e you know, like easy, you can just move two people around. It's easy, and so we started playing together. I think I walked over to you and was like, "Hi." Yeah. <laughs> or the other way around. Give I don't me know. your email, please. I, I, yeah, I thought she was really cool. I was just like, oh man, she's I mean, I she's was rad. really cool. That's <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Things have changed, but once upon oh, a time. <laughs> you walk in with no. that jacket and you say you're not cool. I That's know. so cool. I love this jacket. For the home listener, this, yeah. this is a sparkly fur situation. It's not even. It is. It's fox. Yeah. Fur and wool sleeves. From a yeah. vintage store, and with like a sparkly bit, like woven into the wool. It's a, yeah, it's pretty groovy. I love this jacket. There's sparkle. There's like a cable in it. There's fur. Yeah, it's incredible. There's a lot going on. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, and so you were playing together for a while, mm -hmm. and then it just sort of like became romantic. Or was one of you like, I have something to confess? <laughs> uh. Hmm. No, I think it was just kind of like, oh, this is clearly happening. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As it does. As it does. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I think that's exactly what happened. We just... Just just magnetic. Yeah. Magnetic forces Got at play. Got closer and closer. Yeah. Yeah. I still can't believe I've met, I met you. I'd say. Likewise. Like, <laughs> It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's so cool. Thank you, universe. <laughs> That's so cute. It's very That's lucky. It's so, so cool. Um, I'm curious about. Can we talk more about the movie thing? Because sure, sure, yeah, totally. I'm I'm curious about it. Um, what was it like? Because I mean, obviously, you did the the stage musical first, and mm -hmm. you also like performed in mm -hmm. that from my very cursory research yeah. on this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um yeah, we were the band. Um yes. the, there was a band on stage. Yeah. Um because it was kind of set up to be almost like half rock show, half um half play. Yeah. And uh Steph played the Daughter of the main male protagonist, or well, no, no both of them. Sorry, yeah, because yeah, there were yeah. a couple. Yeah, yeah. So the daughter of the the protagonists, and so at the beginning she had a monologue, kind of setting up, and at the end, so it bookended it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we also played sort of just occasional random, you know, 
the wedding band or whatever. Like we'd be the band, but then occasionally we'd also be in the world of the thing. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Diegetic, non-diegetic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> totally. um, so how was that moving from that stage play to like full-on feature film? What was What was that like for you? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird because – it was quite a tight-knit thing as a play, you know. It was just the playwright and then that two actors and three band members and the producer and that was it. And a couple of tacks. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the film suddenly it was this whole other someone else's vision, you know, the director. Well, and at first it, we were just talking to the director and I was like, okay, so this is like one other person who's in on this thing, you know. And then we showed up to the film studio for day one and it was like, oh, there's a whole floor of like people yeah. running around. Yeah. And suddenly it expanded into this giant machine, yeah. you know. And there's like a hundred people and, and that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But for us, like... And we were on Music Island of the Machine, you yeah. know, where yeah. it's like it's it's its own kind of department, and you're not really, you know, you you don't know most of the other people who were working on it. And, yeah, you know, yeah. But we got a chance to like it was amazing working with the actors. So before the film shoot, um, we recorded their vocals because mm -hmm. they were going to be lip syncing on on film. And that was amazing, just getting to be in the studio with them and trying to access, like watch them access the emotions that they needed, that they would be using for the film when they were actually going to be acting out the scene, but do it just singing, you yeah, know? Yeah, of course, because it's not the same as just recording vocals. No. Mm -mm. Actually, it's They're like telling voice story. acting, but also You yeah, can't like show singing. up and try to do a dope recording of the, it has to be about what's happening in the scene. Mm. And, yeah. And, you know. So like we'd be working on a song like Anchor Me and that, that was Rose MacGyver and she has to sing the song and as she's singing the song, her heart is breaking and just watching her kind of go through that, that, experience right of like of acting out that emotion getting to the edge of the tears yeah oh. it was just so cool to watch and so were cool you to able be a to part hold of it together because i'd watch that and just like, <laughs> I, I think yeah there were definitely times where we we're just all crying yeah you know? but that happened that happened in the play as well there, mm. there was definitely the, yeah, the end of the play we were regularly all yeah, in tears in tears uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rose is such a great writer, mm -hmm. such a great talent. Mm. But yeah, that sounds, it sounds like an incredible experience and like such a move from, I mean, especially like before this, before even the play working as a duo to like being part of this like yeah. humongous team, yeah. which is what making a feature film is. Really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. We definitely got hooked, eh, Finney? Like, we were yeah. like, let's do more of this. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like um, that also fed into your, I guess, move to collaborate more with other musicians and obviously continuing to collaborate to some mm. extent with Ro as well? Yeah, maybe. Um, 
but I think part of it is just we, when the two of us were playing live, it, you know, Steph would, you know, like she said, be playing three keyboards, be playing like bass with one hand and then like kind of chords with one keyboard and then lead synth with the other keyboard and then singing lead. Which is wild. It's I mean, crazy. Congratulations. <laughs> it was, it was like I could do it, but it wasn't that good. Like our live set was like, always just basically us managing. Yeah. Mm. Cause it, I was doing the same thing kind of, I was playing drums, but then trying to do three other things, you know, and, and, I think musicians would come to the shows and be like, whoa. And everybody else was just like, well, this, you know, this doesn't like rock as yeah. hard as I want it to. Or yeah, whatever, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. they don't know why it's they not. They can't see the plate spinning. That's right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so we were like, well, are we really doing this for the, like the three people who are musicians here? You know, that, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like who yeah. Would, you know, to be impressed or whatever. Like, yeah. So. Um, yeah, so just, you know, getting, getting the other two involved, like, and then freed us way up. And then it's like, oh, great, we can just have fun now. Um, and mm. the feedback was instant. Like, as soon as we moved to that four-piece, people were like, oh, this is, I get it, you know, mm. I get yeah. what you guys and are And people who had seen us before were like, I saw you before, and I, I always thought it was, you know, really cool and interesting what you were doing. But, like, this time it just, it, it, it actually rocked, so... Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that that was cool. I was like, mm. oh, yeah. Mm. Great. It's fun for us and it's fun for the audience too. <laughs> yeah. 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 I guess so in a way it was also like a problem solving thing for mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You've got this limited time to continue making your yes. music. Limited time is in like because of your children, Kid not children, because kids. anybody's going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. about to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you've got this limited um I guess like daily, weekly time frame to work in it. So yeah. totally, and we were in one, we were in one place. Yeah, there's that yeah. too. Yeah, mm. when there's a lot of moving around and you know from yeah. city to city and yeah, yeah, whatever. It's um yeah. No, it's so much better. Mm. Um, what what's what? Why lips? What what's with the what's with the woman who is the lips? I want to know. I mean, I, I imagine you get asked this all the time, but I want to know. No, it's it's kind of good, cool getting asked it all the time because I feel like each time it gets clearer in my head. Like when so when I started writing music, the idea of the character just was there from the beginning. It was mm. like, um, I want a character to represent my music, and it's gonna be. This girl with a giant lips for a head. And I think it's because my best friend at the time was doing she was had making giant lips for a head. No, <laughs> no. She she just made a giant vagina costume. Um because she nice. was yeah, for a protest protesting like um designer vagina surgery where you uh, you know, yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah. um you know, labiaplasty. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Labiaplasty and just being like, don't let this be a thing. And mm -hmm. um and it's not and another thing for us to feel worried about, like, fuck that. And yeah. so she went actually, yeah, and for ages we made um we knitted vulvas as part of this. Like she was just She's an awesome activist, and like mm. that was just part of the thing. And, I was and, like, and deep into the vaginal textile industry, yes. <laughs> and I was like, I want a giant 
costume <laughs> too because her giant Volvo costume was so fucking cool. And like, yeah. And so, so yeah. I can't remember why lips. It just came Which into my lips? head. Which lips? I mean, that's Yeah, it. I know. Yeah. Either way. I think <laughs> it probably was subconsciously yeah. like the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. So there's actually something somewhat ionic about this character. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yep. But then the characters also just evolved into this whole this whole thing just uh, we we this last record we talked a lot about her being kind of an outsider or at least feeling like she's an outsider hmm. you know like i think in, in the world where she exists people don't necessarily notice that she has lips for a head oh. but she feels like the weirdo that has lips for a head who's that everybody's staring at but nobody really is and yeah <laughs> i don't know maybe that's yeah symbolic of our general, I think both of us are introverts and have a general awkwardness and um, she kind of represents that in a weird way. That's what we came to with this album anyway. I'm mm. sure it will evolve again. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, you say you're both introverts. <laughs> Do you still love performing on stage though? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Such trepidation there. Well, it's just that it's not, for me anyway, so much about, look at me, Mm. you know? Um, It's, um, I just like playing music. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and, and it's not so much about having to be the center of attention or whatever, you know? So like, um, and and, and it's, I can deal with that, Mm. but it's not why I do it at Mm. all. Mm. And same with you for sure. Oh, that wasn't that was another thing about the lips head was that you didn't you something to hide behind. Yeah, mm. like in all her photos, it was it would be her, but wearing this thing, you know, mm. so she didn't have to have her face on. Uh, yeah, I think no, I think performing is it's funny because more and more there's an aspect of theatricality coming into our live set. Mm. Um, influenced by you know having done theater for the last five years Mm. um but once again it feels like it's part of the craft or the thing that we're making it's like oh this is something that will you know the audience will get a kick out of rather than look at me Mm. yeah yeah and when somebody's good at that it's it's i mean it's very compelling and it's very you know but it yeah it's definitely not where we come from naturally but i think mm. it's becoming more of a yeah more of a more of a thing yeah um to you know engage the audience more and to be you know yeah like rather than just uh, the song's over i gotta say something it's a stage, <laughs> for me the stage is like a safe space mm. like it's like my space but then coming off stage and talking to people is um you know I go b- straight back into the awkward. I <laughs> get mm. yeah. Yeah. I feel hey, really crowds. awkward. Mm. Yeah. Hey, crowd. Like I can't. I can't deal with being like in a loud bar with tons of people. Mm. Um. Yeah, but it, as soon as you jump on stage with the rug and it's like yeah, ah, it's it's actually you can like, breathe for a second. Yeah. Mm. I'm, yeah. Be- I'm behind the drums. Yeah. Mm. Got the drums between me and everybody. Else. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. But yeah. also in a sense when you're on stage and I mean, okay, this is 
full disclosure coming from a place I don't perform music I'm I'm a poet mm-hmm. so I mean like there's there's an element of understanding performance yes. but I've I've never performed music before so I don't know what that's like but in a way when you're performing it, there's also an element of control yes because like you're not part of the crowd you yes. are sort of like Yep. You you are hypnotizing the crowd. And, yeah. And, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of what music is, right? Like if yeah. people come and dance to your shows, you're literally just like you're you're banging on a thing and then they're moving their entire yeah. body to it. Yeah. Totally. It's yeah. a form of hypnosis. You're, you're, right? you're driving the car kind of. Yeah. 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 So there's like a little bit more control in that as well. I guess mm. maybe I don't know. Putting words in your mouth. Yeah, may- maybe. No. <laughs> Never thought of it that way, but yeah, totally. Maybe. I think you're absolutely right. Like it's not a back and forth like a conversation is, where mm. you then get stumbled by whatever the person's saying. No, mm. if it, if you're performing your song, you're performing your song. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And then everyone cheers. So <laughs> sometimes <laughs> that's the that's sometimes well. I mean, nothing. There is, <laughs> no, no. Surely usually. you've never actually had just like <laughs> at the end of a song. No, that we did play to seven people in Napier, where like it felt like seven people. Well, that was more like a conversation because it was <laughs> basically literally a conversation. A conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, what, what do you want to hear next? <laughs> yeah. Was that the most awkward gig you've ever done? The seven people in Napier. Uh, or was there something in the states that maybe you've also done separately where it was more awkward? Oh boy, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, I organized <laughs> in an, a solo tour of the West Coast. That was one of the most awkward things I've ever done in my life. Um, Are we talking West Coast of the U.S.? Okay, yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say west coast of New Zealand. Woo, where no, are you going? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, it was like I remember I played a laundromat and then I once played what? this like <laughs> cafe in Salem, Oregon. And when I set, set up, there was nobody there, which was typical of every gig I played on that tour. But um, just before I started playing, a group of 20 people came in and oh. I was like, oh man, okay, I've got CDs for sale. This is it. I'm going to like, um, I'm going to play my heart out. So I started the gig and I played my heart out and I played really well and like it was awesome. And then I looked up at the end and like no one clapped and no, they weren't even paying attention and I like felt so discouraged. And my friend who I was with, I was like, man, I what what went wrong like they didn't even care and she was like ah but did you did you see them signing I was like what oh my (laughs) she was like I I checked it out that was like the the Salem Oregon like annual general meeting of the deaf society (laughs) (laughs) she was like don't feel bad (laughs) oh my gosh and then it was like this moment of like it, it was like deep into the tour where it was like I'm either going to laugh or cry and then like all the way to the next show in like Tacoma, Washington, we laughed. We laughed so hard. (laughs) That's incredible. It was (laughs) such a release of just like, what am I doing with my life? But also this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's great. What an incredible little tale. Yeah. (laughs) 
What about you, Finn? What was your most awkward or weird gig? Can you remember? Oh, man. <laughs> or one of them? See, I don't have anything so beautifully, <laughs> so perfect as that. But Yeah, that yeah no, you know, I, I always remember being in um, like this one uh, kind of punk rock, man. It's a band called Knife Crazy. Uh, Love that, yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and we and we, you know, we would end up in a lot of just like wherever they would let us play, kind mm. of bars, you know. And I, I, I think I there's one tour we figured out we should pay attention to what's happening with the local sporting events because sometimes you just end up in a place mm. where they do, they 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 really care about what's happening. With the local sports, yeah, and they do not care about what is happening with you at all, and uh, and sometimes <laughs> you're just at the mercy of that, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I can remember being in Cleveland when um, the Cavaliers were in the NBA Finals, and mm. uh, and we had to wait to play until the game was over, <laughs> and we were like, and then we started realizing, oh fuck, they have to win. Yeah, like if they don't win, then. We've just got like a room full of well, full of full is a strong word. We have a we have a room of fifteen <laughs> uh, angry Cavaliers fans who are oh. now going to be like subjected to whatever we're going to put them through. You know, so like it's like they have to win so that we can just like so that there'll be a party vibe that we you know. Mm, like, <laughs> mm, mm. Um, yeah, yeah, true. At least musical fans tend to, on the whole, be a little bit less um, aggro-violent than sports fans, Yeah, <laughs> topical. I think so, sometimes um, you don't know what you're w walking into. If you're trying to book a tour especially, like, like going back to the whole local versus non-local mm. thing, you just don't – you don't know. You don't yeah. know you you messaged that bar on MySpace and they said that they would let you play or whatever yeah. and so you you mm. showed up and then uh, you know you didn't realize that you know yeah. it was being run by a coked up maniac or yeah. that it was you know a, a meathead bar or that mm -hmm. uh, or whatever it was you know yeah so, and yeah and I think that I mean that's totally but that's very much a a part of part and parcel of being in a punk band though for yeah. sure is yeah. Wherever you can, you know, you're not there to make money. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So wherever you can, uh, <laughs> can can slot in. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I am gonna bring in from left field the haiku. Oh, and ask oh. whether you have written a haiku yeah. for us. Yes, I have. Fantastic. I love these haiku. Honestly, it's my favorite—not my favorite, but one of my favorite parts of podcasting. They're always so cool. It's such a good idea. Thank you. I had a friend once. I messaged out of the blue. <laughs> the end. Yeah. <laughs> and cut that. Yeah. Um, and it was like I needed to ask her something, and I was like, "Ah, oh, sorry. You know, I haven't. We haven't talked in two years." And she was like, "That's okay." Just send me a haiku of your life. You know, what What was the, you know, oh. tell me a haiku of the last two years. And it was so hard, but <laughs> so good. Two years in a haiku. Yeah, or, or maybe it was a year, but it was like, yeah, I, I loved that. That's incredible. Yeah. She's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Uh, okay, you're going to go first. Do you want me to? 
Okay. Oh, mine doesn't even make sense. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what, what, You're a poet. What, what You'll be like, there's no judgment, honestly. I, you, you do it. Okay, mine says, oh, it's kind of corny. Go on. All right. Okay. The best in all ways, life just got so much better after I met Finn. Oh, God. I, I told you it was corny. I love it. Uh, it's very sweet. I'm truly lucky. Doing things with you is rad. Is this too earnest? <laughs> oh. I feel like See, that's why you, you, you had to, you got to twist it. Yeah. You twist it at the end. Yours was better. <laughs> All right. Not that it's a competition, but it's a competition. Yours was better. No, I wrote one that was just like straight up sap initially. but uh, Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. I'll show it to you later. Okay. <laughs> straight up corn syrup. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's very cute. Yeah. <laughs> You're both Lucky. very cute, but you don't want to be, and I love it. It's <laughs> <laughs> very good. Um, well, uh, do you want to plug your record? Yes. And then, oh, my God. Yeah, plug your record. Um, everyone should listen to our record because it's just <laughs> really, really, really good. <laughs> It's, What's the record called? It's called. Uh, <laughs> it's called. I don't know why I do anything. It's out this Friday, July sixteenth, um, at all good record stores and on the internet. And um, oh, can I can I say something? That there's we we put out a uh, a video yesterday for a song called Empty Hours, mm. and it's a lyric video. But the thing is, it there. It's not just a lyric video. There's like a little story and like a payoff kind of yeah. that, that happens at the end. And um, so watch it. Watch the whole thing on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Empty hours by lips. So I feel like I feel like people might like kind of you know. Well, YouTube people watch five seconds mm. of anything anyway yeah. and then move on or whatever. So I, I, I so empty hours. Yeah. On YouTube by lips. Yeah. Stay till the end. And the then will shock you. Um, <laughs> and then come and see our show because we're on tour um, at the end of this month, July, and we're playing Auckland August fifth at Nick of the Woods. And oh, when does this does this come out? Much later than that? Uh, <laughs> no, it's coming out next Friday. So oh, they, great! So it'll be in time for your August fifth show. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. And um, yeah, there will be something for everyone. Yeah. And we're playing the, the we're touring the rest of New Zealand as yeah, well. Check yeah, check it out. Yeah. Google Lips New Zealand Tour. Yep, it's uh, under a, the radar. Under the radar, yeah, and you will find a location and date near you. Yes, thank you. you. Buy the tickets. Cool. All Kara, right. Thank you so much thank for you having us. Thank you. So thank that you. was really fun. Oh, I had a great time. <laughs> I feel like there were some epic yarns in there. <laughs> <laughs>